After it was learned Blake Martinez will be out a couple weeks with a sprained MCL, the Packers are woefully low on linebacker depth. To discuss their options, we welcome Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Thanksgiving and welcome to Railbird Central. I'm your host Brian Caravu. We're talking some Packers football today. We're getting ready for an upcoming game against the Philadelphia Eagles. To do that and talk about a whole lot more, we have joining us on the phone today Nathan Yankee of ProFootballFocus.com. interview. Nathan, have you basted your turkey yet? I have not yet. I'll wait for that for later today. <laughs> Sounds good. Nathan, we got a lot to get to here. Uh, news emerged Tuesday when it was learned Blake Martinez would miss a couple weeks with a sprained MCL. Uh, I know we talked about him early in the season. Haven't talked about him in several weeks. What will the Packers be missing without him in the lineup? Uh, really what they're missing is their best inside linebacker against the run that they've had in probably the last four seasons. Uh, only Jake Lyon has had a better run stop percentage uh, in the run over these past couple of years, but Martinez doesn't get blocked as often as Ryan does. So uh, that's why Martinez has been grading higher. And we've seen what Joe Thomas can do against the run these past two weeks, a little of what Carl Bradford can do against the run. So it's really going to be a big step down for them in what he gives to the Packers against the run. Yeah, it's unfortunate uh, for the Packers to lose both Martinez and Jake Ryan at the same time. We'll see how quickly they can get back on the field. Uh, Nathan, I know Carl Bradford had an embarrassing moment this past weekend, but can you remind us what he provided in the preseason for the Packers when I thought he played pretty well? Yeah, going back to the preseason, he looked pretty decent against the run. He was making a couple plays in each of the games that he was in. Uh, he had a run-stop percentage of 11.9%, which is higher than any of the linebackers this season or these past few seasons, although it was on a lower sample size and against different competition. Um, in coverage, he wasn't tested all that often. On one of the few times he was, he allowed a catch and then missed the tackle after it. So that was probably the biggest impression he left in the past game. But uh, really what the Packers need is a linebacker for the base and nickel defense. And then timers can still play the dime defense. So our Bradford's play against the run is probably a little bit more important. So uh, hopefully we can see a little bit more of what he did um, in the preseason against the run rather than what we saw last week against the run. Looking at some other options here, how did Clay Matthews look in his return to the field in Washington? And do you think he's better suited playing inside or outside linebacker considering the injury situation on the inside? 
Uh, he wasn't all that impressive in his first game back. Uh, no sacks, no hits, just two hurries. I uh, wasn't really involved too much on the defense outside of those two hurries. So I think it could make a lot of sense to move him back to inside linebacker. Um, while his play against the run hasn't been great these past two years, I think it's a better option against the run than what Joe Thomas has been showing. And then it also makes sense just looking at the outside linebacker perspective. Um, I know it sounds a little crazy, but the Packers' other outside linebackers have been outperforming Matthews this season. Uh, Nick Perry's been playing at a Pro Bowl level. Uh, Julius Peppers, uh, his role has been reduced this year, and he's been playing fairly well in that reduced role. Um, I don't think they should increase his role if Matthews moves back. With players like Dayton Jones, that uh, he's been average outside of the penalties that he's been having this year. Uh, Tyler Fackrell, he's been looking really good as a rookie, but because they have so many outside linebackers, he only ended up playing two defensive snaps last week, and I think he definitely deserves more than that. And then Jay Elliott is buried even further on the depth chart. You know, he's been inactive for the most part, and based on his play in past seasons and the past preseason, I think he definitely deserves some snaps as well. So I think moving Matthews to inside linebacker not only – uh, helps account for the injuries the Packers have been having, but also would give you know, some of their other younger outside linebackers a chance to play since they haven't had as much of an opportunity. Will be interesting to see what the Packers do, without a doubt. But uh, speaking of returns, Nathan, how would you say Jared Cook looked in his return to the football field, fumble and all? I think it was definitely interesting to see just how involved he was in the offense in his first game back. Uh, he graded out average for us. Uh, he had his fumble and then the drop pass, which were both big negative marks for him. But then that's not every day that you have a tight end catching a 47-yard pass, a 29-yard pass in the same game, uh, plus a few other shorter passes. So uh, definitely interesting to see that he was <clears throat> so involved. I Cook in the past has a history of drops and fumbles, so it wouldn't be surprising if he does have a few more drops going forward. But if he can keep up having these big plays, I could see him still having a pretty decent role in the Packers' offense. He brought a different element. Um, we're talking to Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com here at Railbird Central on a Wednesday morning. Nathan, based on his play against Washington, do you think Jason Spriggs has what it takes to play right guard considering he spent most of his time at left tackle. Um, Spigs graded out a little below average at right guard. Uh, this was mostly due to the penalty he had, as well as the hurry that he allowed. So I don't think it's the ideal situation to put the, for the Packers to have Spriggs there. But I think ideally if TJ Lang returns or if J.C. Treader returns before Lang, it makes sense to have Lang back in his spot or have Treader or Lindsay. I'll play right guard while the other play center. But I do think Spriggs is a better option than Don Barclay at right guard. Uh, while Spriggs allowed the one pressure, Barclay allowed a sack and hit two hurries. I uh, had two penalties and was a worse run blocker. And they played pretty similar snaps last week. So Treader uh, and Lang are both uh, remain injured, then I think Spriggs should definitely be in the starting lineup. I'm right with you there. I can agree with that. Um Nathan, uh, going back to the defensive side of the football, but in the secondary this time, 
it seemed as if everybody, every cornerback, Ladarius Gunter, Quentin Rollins, Dimitri Goodson, Micah Hyde, they all struggled at the cornerback position. Is there any one of them that's more trustworthy than the others right now? Uh, yeah, I would agree with you. All of them had four games this past week. Um, if I had to pick one that's been the most reliable so far this season, it would be Gunter. Um, he's allowed the lowest catch rate of the group and also has the most passes defended. Um, among the outside cornerbacks, all of them have allowed roughly the same amount of yards per catch. So since Gunter has been the best at preventing catches from being made, I would say he's the most reliable. Um, although if I look back to last season, uh, Quinn Rollins played really well then, and he's been injured a little bit this year. So I wouldn't be surprised if going forward it's Rollins. But based on everything that's happened so far this season, I'd go with Gunter. Yeah, maybe the further removed Rollins gets from injury, the better off he'll be. And we'll see what uh, Demarius Randall provides upon his return as well. Uh, Nathan, I never had a chance last week to ask you about uh, Christine Michael, but can we take a look backwards and uh, at what he did in a Seahawks uniform this season as we await his Packers debut? Uh, he had a very strong start to the season, was looking like one of the best running backs in the league after some good performances against Los Angeles and San Francisco. I'm making a lot of players miss tackles, uh, similarly to uh, what Eddie Lacy was doing when Eddie Lacy was at his best this season. But then he his performance really tailed off as the season went on. Um, a lot of that was due to the offensive line in Seattle. So one of the games, uh, he had a total negative yards before contact. So he was typically getting uh, contacted by the defense before he even hit the line of scrimmage, which isn't an ideal situation for the running back. So um, give him some more room to run the ball. I wouldn't be surprised if Michael can return to that uh, early season form that we saw him with in Seattle. Uh, as a receiver, he doesn't really bring much. Uh, he's been grading negatively there. Also, isn't a great pass blocker. So I'm not sure if he really fits what the Packers have been doing these past couple weeks where it's been a lot of four wide receivers passing the ball a ton. But if the Packers can design uh, some formations, some, for, some plays for Michael, uh, start to mix things up a little bit more than what we have been seeing. I think Michael could carve out a pretty decent role in the Packers' offense. Will be fun to see how they use them. Uh, finally, Nathan, before we let you go, uh, who do the Packers have to watch out for when they take on the Eagles next? Uh, sure. First off, their offense hasn't looked all that great recently. Uh, Carson Wentz had an excellent start to this season, but his play has really tailed off as the season's gone on. Uh, both of their top running backs have been hurt, and there's no uh, receiving threat that has been consistently hurting defenses this year. Um, along with that, their offensive line, while they do have some good players on the line, uh, they have been uh, dealing with injuries a little bit recently. I believe former Packer Alan Barber is moving to right tackle for this game, uh, so the Packers might be able to take advantage of the line, uh, rearranging who's playing where. But then the Eagles' defense has been playing fairly good. Uh, Brandon Graham's been playing at a great level at defensive end. Should give Brian Gulak a real challenge. Uh, Fletcher Cox as well is one of the best uh, interior defensive linemen, I believe. So that'll give a test to some of the Packers' offensive linemen as well. Um, their coverage has been good in the middle of the field uh, between their linebackers and their safeties. But if there's one player to take advantage of, it's seventh-round rookie Jalen Mills. 
who's been playing a lot in their nickel defense, which basically any team playing the Packers will be in their nickel or dime defense the entire game. So the Packers will see those on the field a lot and should be able to take advantage of them. So um, at this point, the Eagles, I would say, are even better than what the record shows. But due to some of the injuries they've had, the Packers could be able to take advantage. Looking forward to it, Nathan. Thank you so much. The preparation that you put into these interviews is as amazing as always. Thanks so much for giving us a few minutes of your time, and uh, we'll break it down next week. Have a good Thanksgiving, all right? Yep, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com joining us here at Railbird Central on a Wednesday morning. Glad to have him joining us. Glad to have you, the listener, joining us as we continue on with the show. Packers news of the day. All right, giving you my two cents on the situation we already talked about with Nathan Yankee, but it was learned on Tuesday that the Packers have suffered yet another injury, this time to rookie linebacker Blake Martinez. Adam Kaplan of ESPN.com was the first to report that Martinez will be out a couple weeks with an MCL sprain. So the good news is that he won't be lost for the season. But the bad news is that the Packers are painfully low on linebacker depth considering Jake Ryan also missed the last game with an ankle injury. Ryan likewise does not have a season-ending injury and may return soon, but we just don't know how quickly yet. So the Packers have to start making contingency plans just in case. It obviously starts with Joe Thomas, who's been playing linebacker for him all season. However, it's been primarily in the dime package, and he's played at a very low level the past couple weeks. But at this point, the Packers don't really have any other choice but to turn to Thomas. Uh, Another option the Packers have is Carl Bradford, who they actually signed to the roster the day before the Washington game cutting tight end Justin Perillo in order to make room. In fact, uh, just off topic here for a moment, I wonder if they'll welcome Justin Perillo back now that they're going to have to cut Dimitri Goodson or place him on injured reserve more than likely. That's coming down the pike here really quick. Um, But, you know, first of all, I'd be remiss if I didn't say this. Good for Carl Bradford that he persevered for three years before playing in his first NFL regular season game. That is not easy, and we can at least appreciate the mental toughness it took to achieve that. I couldn't imagine, you know, being on the precipice of the NFL for that long. And I think some people would tend to maybe even call it quits before that. Um but Carl Bradford persevered and made his NFL debut uh, in a regular season game this past weekend. Now, that being said, you may have seen highlights or rather lowlights of Bradford getting blown off the ball on a goal line touchdown run by Robert Kelly on Sunday after Bradford entered the game for Martinez. Um, it's scary to think that could happen on a regular basis with Bradford in the game, but we'll see if that was just a one-time instance he'll learn from, or that was the real reason he hasn't made a roster in three years. Um, 
And finally, uh, the Packers have the option of moving Clay Matthews back to the inside, and they may have to do that out of necessity, if nothing else. Uh, They made a concerted effort coming into the season about moving Matthews back to the outside, but after being injured, his impact has not been what's expected. Uh, You'll remember a few episodes ago, I thought it was illuminating when we had Scott McKenna on the show as a guest, who speculated that Matthew's recurring hamstring battles are a product of losing the leverage battle in the trenches. And when he's going up against a six foot eight offensive tackle like he did this past week, losing the leverage battle is easy to do. I've been a proponent of Matthews on the outside, but if that indeed is contributing to his injury woes, then I have no choice but to endorse a move back to the inside. You know, whether that will happen full time or not, we kind of wait and see what the Packers have to do here. And it could depend on many things, depending on how quickly Jake Ryan gets back out there. Um, But Really interesting to see what the Packers are going to do at inside linebacker this week uh, after the latest injury news coming down the pike on Tuesday. Just uh, I also here wanted to share a few thoughts on the Packers coaching situation. Basically, with with the benefit of time to think things through, mull things over, I've come up with a few different thoughts. You know, I've said here on previous episodes, the Packers may have to fire Coach McCarthy. Um, However, uh, I've thought to myself, what if he brings in new coordinators? Basically here, you know, again, with the benefit of time to, to kind of not just sit here in the immediate aftermath of a game and kind of, you know, be be steaming over that. Uh, I, I'm at the point where I know the Packers need drastic change. It has to happen this offseason. Uh, but, you know, you know, how it happens is, is the question here. Mike McCarthy absolutely can't be stubborn. He may have to give up play calling duties because here's the way I look at it. If you're going to build this team around Aaron Rodgers as the guy who's the highest paid employee in the entire franchise, making more money than the head coach and the general manager, then you better do everything in your power to commit to that. Uh, And that includes designing an offense that's going to suit him. And going with the status quo just isn't going to work. The Packers have to bring in someone uh, someone new into the fold here. It may be a new offensive coordinator, uh, although I'll say this, Mike McCarthy, uh, if Mike McCarthy isn't amenable to that, if he's too proud to let someone else take it over, then he's probably got to go. You know, you know, if if it just by ha- you know, if it hypothetically is status quo next year with Mike McCarthy calling the same plays in the same offense, then the Packers aren't going anywhere next year either. You know, big change ha- has to happen this offseason. 
Um, and the way the defense has collapsed this season, it's probably time for a new defensive coordinator too. Obviously, I make this loud and clear. I'm not a fan of firing anyone right now because that's not going to fix anything. That's not going to... Firing Dom Capers right now, today, is not going to immediately make the Packers qualify for the playoffs or anything like that. You let everyone play the season out. Uh, if if the Packers want to fire somebody with one week to go in the regular season, fine. If you think that's going to help give you a leg up on the coaching search. Uh, but, I, I mean, basically, you let them play the season out. And you give Dom Capers the opportunity to retire on his own terms if that's what he wants. But if that's not the case, I think the Packers have to make a move there too. Obviously, if you fire the head coach, you automatically get a new offensive and defensive coordinator as well. But this is all to say, I I think I've come to terms with, I'm okay with Mike McCarthy staying on as Packers head coach as long as drastic change comes next season in whatever form it does. You know, we'll save the front office debate for another day. I think there's a there's a possibility we're going to see a change there too. I don't know, but I, I, I just think, you know, that's that's off in the distance as well. We can save the front office for another day here. But I, I've you know, I'm I'm very much like many people have had these thoughts, you know, that have been building over this now month long losing streak for the Green Bay Packers, losers of four straight. Knowing that change has to come, I'm all right with Mike McCarthy staying on if he's going to basically clean house new offensive defensive coordinators, and that's not going to be easy, you know, because especially on the offensive side of the football, with you know the longtime Aaron Rodgers mentor Tom Clements there, who he's very close to, you've got Edgar Bennett who's been climbing up the ladder from new position to new position within the organization. You've got Alex Van Pelt who the Packers seem to to like. He's gotten promotion as well. Um, you know, moving to his preferred quarterback position, a guy who's been an offensive coordinator in the past. These would be tough moves to make here, uh, but something's got to change in this offense. It it has to. It just can't be status quo next year. I don't know if that means firing one or two of them and promoting another, um, or it means firing all of them and bringing in somebody new entirely. I'm not exactly sure what it means, but the all I know is drastic change has to happen, and whatever form it is, I'm okay with as long as it happens because status quo on the offensive side of the football is not going to be acceptable in 2017 if you're if you're going to build this franchise around Aaron Rodgers which is I've, I've come to terms I mean that's that's what's going to happen I mean Aaron Rodgers is locked into a long-term contract he's not going anywhere for better or worse um, so if you want to uh, if you want to build around him you you better do it now I mean what, why wait another season after, you know, why wait one more to see if 2017 is going to work out? 
because now Aaron Rodgers is another year older. He's getting toward the end of his career. Uh, You know, you've really got, you know, what, you know, four seasons left with Aaron Rodgers uh, before he really starts dwindling. Uh, you you saw it last year with with Peyton Manning. You you can win a Super Bowl with a forty year old quarterback, but everything else better be awesome. Your defense better be awesome. You know, four or five years down the road. I'm just saying, if you're going to make change, do it now while Aaron Rodgers is still kind of at the peak of his prowess, his athletic prowess. Because you know, doing it if if you wait another year. It might be becoming too late then. Um, So the Packers got to get on top of this, and they got to get on top of it now. So there's some thoughts that I've had on the Packers coaching situation here that I need to get off my chest. And and hopefully uh, it comes to fruition in, in one form or another. But anyway. The day ahead. All right. You may have wondered what the schedule is this week because it's atypical for a couple reasons. Number one, the Packers are playing on Monday Night Football this week, which knocks off your usual routine when you're playing Sunday after Sunday for several consecutive weeks. And number two, we're celebrating a national holiday on Thursday. And that brings us to the press conference schedule the Packers have released for this week with Mike McCarthy meeting meeting the media on Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. That means he's getting Thanksgiving off. So as far as Wednesday goes, today goes, the day the the show is being recorded, uh, Mike McCarthy's press conference won't occur until 1.05 p.m. Central Time, where it'll be streamed live as usual at Packers.com. But that's a change from his usual morning press conference routine. But like I said, extenuating circumstances have changed things this week. Uh, Obviously, the linebacker topic will be a big one, so you can get McCarthy's thoughts on that on Wednesday. And as for the talk show circuit... Uh, I saw Green Bay Nation promote that tonight's guest is quarterback Brett Hundley. Uh, That airs on Green Bay's CBS affiliate WFRV-TV at 6.30 p.m. Central Time on Wednesday. The show's weekly debut. It it airs at later times during the course of the week on other affiliates and, and, you know, reruns at other times. But it's just the debut tonight. Uh, so there's your pre-Thanksgiving Packers programming, and that pretty much does it for today's episode of Railbird Central. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us. I wish you all a happy Thanksgiving, and if I could give my call to action. Uh, first of all, remember, and I haven't mentioned this in a while because we've talked about surveys and talked about podcast subscriptions and things like that, but All of you out there, save the date, December 11th. We're having a Packers watch party at the Krogville Oasis in Krogville, Wisconsin. That's in South Central Wisconsin um, that we encourage you to attend December 11th. I'd love to see you there. We're going to pack the Krog. So Google it, the Krogville Oasis. It's it's a little bit outside Madison, just outside Cambridge and Deerfield, Wisconsin. 
Uh, it's in the middle of nowhere, but it'll be a fun one. It's a dive bar, and it's the best kind of dive bar, and I hope to see you there December 11th. And then my call to action, if you would, we, we'd be greatly appreciated if you could give us a rating and a review on iTunes. It's the one small thing we ask. The show is free of charge, no subscription, no paywall. So if you could do us a solid, head to iTunes, search Cheesehead TV. It'll pop right up. Give us a five-star rating and a brief little review. Doesn't have to be anything long, but it helps us get word out about the show. Um, and we think this is a service to Packers fans. So do your fellow Packers fans a favor and give us a review. Thank you to those of you who have already. We'll see you folks. Like I said, have a good Thanksgiving. No episode on Black Friday. I'll be with family celebrating the holiday. Uh, but not too big a deal anyway, because the Packers don't play till Monday this week. So we will have our game preview next Monday morning, November 28th. Uh, make sure to tune in then. Already got our guests lined up. We'll have Robert Trader of the NFC North Packers Barroom Podcast uh, joining us on the show. So looking forward to that on Monday. Uh, but like I said, have a good weekend, folks. We'll see you later. I leave you today with a song called Liquid by Umphreys McGee on Sci Fidelity Records. See everyone. Go, pack, go. Thank you.